Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. This week for episode 31, I interviewed another special guest, the owner of Thrive Athletics, Max Cutler. It's honestly crazy to say that I'm on episode 31. I can't believe I've come this far with the podcast. It feels like when before I started this and where I'm at now is a completely different lifetime ago. I'm so excited that every single week I either get to sit down by myself and relay my message and what's going on in my life or I get to share 45 minutes to an hour with someone who I can connect with, someone where there's not a phone in between us, where we're just talking. And every single person I brought on the podcast so far, I've been really interested in learning from and and excited for the opportunity just to connect with them, to hear their thoughts and, and to pick stuff up from them. So Max was no different. I thought going into the interview that we were just gonna talk about CrossFit and competing in the sport and he was talking about how his gym operated and I was like all right that's enough we just need to save it for the rest of the podcast because I know that he has a lot going on in his gym but basically he separates his training as a competitive CrossFit athlete trying to make it to the top level of the sport versus training everyday people at his gym there are two different types of things and I think a lot of times CrossFit, we see the CrossFit games on TV, you see those jack shredded dudes who are clean and jerking 400 pounds and just pushing massive sleds and tires and climbing ropes. And that's not always CrossFit. CrossFit may be the 50 year old guy who just wants to play with his kids and who wants to play with his grandkids 10 years down the road from now. And I think Max is really trying to build that community at his gym, trying to get people to understand that CrossFit is a lifestyle. It's something that you can do for the rest of your life. So it was cool just just talking about all this stuff, talking about competing, talking about that drive, that motivation that he has to set huge goals, but also to separate that from his gym, how he trains alone, how he... Um, has really started to get new training partners to help uh, take his training to the next level. And yeah, it was just a fun conversation. I don't have too much more to say, so I'm just gonna kick it over to the interview now. (laughs) All right, so this week we are joined by Max Cutler of Thrive Athletics. Thanks for joining me this week, Max. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we, I just want to hop right in. We, uh, we were having some good conversations off air. So what's uh, your background in CrossFit? What got you into it? Sure. So I was playing uh, football in college. And then uh, one of the summers going into uh, one of the seasons, my buddy and I were looking to find a different way of training. We were doing some, um, some pretty serious strength training for a while, but we wanted to kind of increase aerobic capacity and all that stuff. Um, so we were able to find a local CrossFit gym that a friend of a friend went to, and we took a class and kind of fell in love with it and started doing it every day for an hour a day, how it's kind of meant to be done. And then that led to doing it for more than an hour a day and kind of falling in love with the process of it and coaching it and being able to do it with other people and all age groups and all that good stuff. Yeah. So I want to ho- I want to hop into everything, but um, first and foremost, you're an athlete. Like, what has that process been like from from football into CrossFit? Yeah, so good question. So going from playing college football into um, into competing in CrossFit, 
Um, obviously in CrossFit, there's a bunch of different modalities that you have to get good at. And when you're playing football, you're usually good at the short sprint, sprinting kind of stuff. Um, and I had some nagging injuries coming off of the football season before I started training kind of full time for CrossFit. So um, the first year and a half of training competitively, which would be like 2016, 2017, um, was mainly just kind of clearing up a couple of just nagging injuries like ankle and knee and all that stuff and getting lots of rehab before um, I was able to kind of increase mobility and all that stuff and do all the movements how they're meant to be done. Um, and then I think that was the hardest part uh, in the beginning. Yeah. And that, so now you're, you're pretty competitive. I was looking at your open stats and you've been like top 500 a few times. Yeah. And I don't think people realize, like you see how many people do the open, like it's fucking hard to crack that top yeah. thousand. So, so it's good. Good point. Like, um, the open is like a, a point in time right? we talk about this all the time from a competitive standpoint it's like if you're peaked and ready for the open your open scores will kind of show where you're at and if you're not they kind of expose you right because every rep is so many spots and all of that and a couple years back we were i was peaked and ready for the open did really well And this past year we went through a, a move with the gym because we also own a gym right so i went through a move i, I wasn't training as much this past summer um, and the open was definitely like an eye-opening experience for me of like, well, I'm not in the same shape I was and, and had to get back into that when I wanted to start competing again. Um, and a lot of the online qualifier stuff is, is always different than in person, right? Because people can always redo the workouts and you're doing it at their home gym and you're not competing once at a competition where you can't go back and redo things. So yeah. it's always really interesting because that's how you're able to get to these big competitions, but you have to be able to do the, the long and, and really annoying workouts in your own gym during the open and stuff like that, so. So do you have training partners? Do you have people that you're training with on a regular basis? So Majesta is, is the main training partner that I have. Um, she also competes, but for me, it's really hard to train with somebody who is in the same division as you, which is basically just any male from the yeah. age of like 18 to 34, right? Um, so getting into that is definitely really hard. Um, I try and find people that I'm friendly with or in the area that are really good to train with once a week. Um, but from day to day, there's just so much skill work and like stuff that you have to do specifically that I try and stay away because you get a little bit caught up in, in the competitive nature of trying to compete during training. And there's obviously a difference between practice training and competing. Um, so Majesta is probably the main training part of me. We have a couple people at the gym that also hop in with us day to day, but mm -hmm. nobody on the level of, of kind of like Majesta's, yeah. What, what do you think um, is the most important thing when you're picking somebody to train with? So, also a really good question. Um, it's just mainly somebody that's on the same, uh, like, wavelength as you as far as, like, commitment goes, right? Because, mm -hmm. as you understand from a weightlifting standpoint, I mean, you're in a really good environment here at Westchester, but um, it's trying to find somebody that understands that, like, this is a sacrifice, and if you do want to make the commitment to get to the next level, you're going to have to do things that just aren't really that fun. Yeah. Um, and you're just kind of looking at the long-term goal of like, what's my end result? What do I want it to be on competition day? And then kind of reverse engineering that. And it's like, hey, what do I have to do to get there? And a lot of times it's just stuff that's not so sexy and not so fun and training. Yeah. Um, and just getting that done day to day and like checking the box, like daily gold kind of thing. Like this morning we went and swam and I hate getting in the pool and I hate waking up early to go do that on a day that I don't have to coach in the morning. But it's just something that like in the long run you know is going to pay off. Yeah. I know like a lot of people, like when I did CrossFit, you, you do the workouts that are, that are fun. And it's like, you go, you go on the days that you're like, oh, I can crush this workout. And then the days you see, 
you can't say you can't do ring muscle ups and you see ring muscle ups and you're like, oh, I'll take a rest day yeah. today. But so, so really cool. So like, um, this like kind of leads into like owning a gym and competing, right? So there's a hundred percent a difference between training CrossFit for health and CrossFit for sport, right? Mm-hmm. CrossFit for health is like four to six times a week for an hour a day, right? You're taking class, you're led by a coach, you're warmed up, you're cooled down, you're getting some movement specific cues, you're being like watched eyes on and training for sport is, is almost just, I mean, it's a sport now, right? I mean, yeah. there's, it's so competitive and people are getting so good at so many different things that you can't really be selective about what you're doing. It's very eye opening to say like, okay, I'm really bad in this time domain of 15 to 25 minutes. I yeah. need to really train that. And it's always not fun to train things you're not good at, right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to go do something that they suck at, right? Yeah. Like for me, it's rowing. I'm a little bit shorter athlete. So it's like having to pull at the capacity I have to, to hang out with these taller and stronger athletes is like, you have to train that. It's not something I can just like hope and wish and sleep on and it happens mm-hmm. the next day. So it's like getting in the gym and like being okay with doing some slow aerobic work every day before I get started is like something that just has to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I know it's a part of my daily routine and just doing it. What do you think the goal is long-term for CrossFit? Um, for me or for... For you. Um, so I would love to make it to CrossFit Games. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's a really like large and kind of scary goal to say out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to make it as an individual. Um, I think short-term I'll have a better shot of making it on a team, which we're going to do some team stuff this year mm-hmm. as well as individual stuff um, and maybe some team stuff in the future. But making it as an individual would be a really awesome goal just because at this point in the game, it's really hard to do and everybody that gets there has put in just such a tremendous amount of work and just a level of respect and all that stuff that you really bring to the table when you do that is like, okay, that person really kind of dedicated their time to their craft and you can't just kind of sneak through and get lucky. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by CrossFit because it's like you think, you think football or in my case, baseball, you practice a couple things and that's it. Right. If you have to catch the football, that's, right. you, that's your responsibility. Yeah. The, competing in CrossFit is you have to do everything well and you have to do stuff that you don't even know you have to do yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Like I, I listened to um, Dave Castro, who was director of the CrossFit Games talk the other day on a podcast and he was just talking about the athletes that are there year in and year out, right? The tests are always different every single year, but they're just so prepared for anything that pops up that they just end up on top, right? Mm-hmm. It's just amazing how that happens. Like every, Every year there's always a few guys that pop up and they make it and then they never make it again. And same thing mm-hmm. with the women, right? But it's like the athletes that are there year in and year out are just constantly dedicating time to everything, right? And they're just making sure there's absolutely no holes and whatever the test pops up, you're never like wishing something doesn't show up in a workout, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to come up. So it's like whatever comes up, you're ready. And you know that no matter what, you're like, hey, I'm going to do pretty well at that. And over the course of five to 10 workouts in a weekend or over the open, which is five weeks, I'm going to be ready and my scores will kind of pan out to where I want them to be. For sure. Do you think coming in with a sports background was uh, more beneficial than if you didn't play sports growing up? So, yes, right? I mean, there's definitely two different kinds of CrossFit athletes that are competitive right now. There's the ones that have, like, dedicated 10-plus years that started as, like, the person in the gym that couldn't do a pull-up, and now they're, like, amazing, and they can do everything, right? And that's just, Mm -hmm. like, really awesome dedication-wise. And then there's a couple of athletes, or I guess you could say half, that have played a previous sport. And I would say that that is a huge advantage, right? From, like, a weightlifting, gymnastics, and conditioning standpoint, if you've come into the sport with, like, a... Uh, a specialty in one of those definitely makes it easier to have one of the three already down right I was lucky to have the 
the strength aspect coming into the sport, which is like, okay, I really have to focus on gymnastics and I really have to focus on conditioning. Mm -hmm. The strength stuff is more of like tuning up the Olympic lifts and putting all that stuff together. But if I can focus on conditioning and gymnastics, I'm going to be pretty well off. Right. And then from like a, a competition standpoint, competing in person, I don't think there's anything that can compare if you played a sport before, right? Like playing baseball or football, you've been in a really hard, tough game where you do come out on top. And it's like, that goes a really long way when you're doing a competition that's three days, mm-hmm. eight events. And like on day three events, six or seven, you're like ready to kind of pull it out when somebody just starts to slow down and give up. So mm-hmm. I do think there's a huge advantage to playing sports before getting into CrossFit. Yeah, for sure. And I think that competitive nature, it really can't be taught. I think it, it can be developed over time the more you compete. But like I know for me, if if I'm at a if I'm at a meet now, like doing weightlifting, do, I, like I want to win so fucking bad, and some people just don't have that. Absolutely, dude. I mean, like it's it's more of a competitive drive. Like in your world, it's like to put one more kilo on to really like just trust your training because like obviously you know like all the work is done before you go and compete right yeah. so it's like confidence in like what you've been doing in your preparation and like your competitive drive just takes over right it's like your competitive nature is like yeah i got that i've done this before and like i've already proved it to myself mm-hmm. and now i'm going to go out and execute mm-hmm. right i think weightlifting and crossfit are very similar sports that it's like it's very little on the competition it's more on yourself yeah and it's like there's like very like small percentage points where you're really competing against somebody else because you can only do the best that you can possibly do. Yeah. Right? Like in weightlifting, it's like if somebody lifts more weight, it's really hard to like hope and pray that you're going to be able to put 10 kilos on the bar. Yeah, exactly. The day of a competition. Mm-hmm. CrossFit's the same way. If we're doing a three-mile run, I can't hope and pray that I'm going to take two minutes off my three-mile run. Mm-hmm. Right? I either did it in training or I didn't. Yeah. But like the small things where it's like when it gets down to it and somebody misses a lift for you and you're able to just like throw one more key long before you go out and put them in a bad spot and then you go out and hit and execute your lift and you win the meet and for me it's like at the end of a workout somebody's like drops the bar when they're supposed to be holding on and I can just hold on for two more reps and go beat them it's like yeah that that you have to have that going mm-hmm. in the competition you can't just magically that doesn't magically appear yeah yeah I totally agree with that one and we got got into weightlifting a little bit so you've been coming here to Westchester once a week how much are you training the olympic lifts um so right now just once a week mm-hmm. um i didn't train them for a really long time so there's in crossfit there's numbers that you kind of have to hit if you want to be competitive yeah. it's like you're strong enough um and for me the first couple of years of crossfit was getting strong enough and i don't think it was getting the requisite strength it was more just cleaning up the olympic lifts like we were saying um, and just making sure that my numbers are competitive, right? Yeah. And then after that, it's being consistent at high percentages in workouts. And then I really didn't train them much at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really stuck to the conditioning aspect of things and really stuck to the uh, gymnastics aspect of things for a couple of years now. Uh, I would kind of touch on it maybe like once every couple of weeks just to like kind of check in with yeah. like, hey, my clean jerk's there. I can hit a couple at 90% or my snatch is there. I can do that at the end of a workout. Like after a workout, I would max out my snatch really quick and just make mm-hmm. sure I hit 85% or 90% just be like, okay, cool. I got it. Um, in the recent, um, like the last six months, I've definitely noticed that I need to get better at snatching and clean jerking from an efficiency standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding some place like this that I can just come and shut my brain off. Cause obviously owning a gym is really tough and working out at your gym that you 
own coach app, people are always wanting to ask you questions doing that stuff. So being able to come here and be coached and be a member mm-hmm. um, and be around people like yourself and like who do this as a sport is a really awesome environment because yeah. I can ask you questions. I can ask Ryan questions and there's just always people that have answers that I don't have. Um, so it's really, really awesome. Sweet. And do you have a coach that laid out this plan that says, hey, for a year, we're going to focus on conditioning and you're not going to like it. You're going to come in and you're going to suck and you're going to get beat down all the time. But this is what we need to do to make that ultimate goal. Or is that something you put on yourself? So this is a cool kind of transition right from being an athlete to being a coach. I actually uh, really love coaching and love all that stuff. And I study that stuff nonstop. I work with um, a bunch of athletes now remotely, whether they're competitive or they just want to kind of be better at CrossFit in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of been coaching myself the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few, like, I would say mentors or just people I can like lean on to, but day to day, I really don't have a coach. Um, it's just something that like CrossFit's cool because it's very black and white when it comes to that. It's like, Hey, you, you're not really good at this kind of thing, right? And the only way to get better at it is to do it. Just keep doing um, And just studying a lot of like progressions, whether it's like aerobic progressions or gymnastics progressions of how you get better at things, um, it's kind of like just been on me. Um, yeah. It's just mainly just like, hey, I want to get better at CrossFit. I need to work on this and I need to do a lot of it. And then it's just figuring out the loading and the volume during the weeks to kind of progressively overload your weeks and mm-hmm. like have your deload weeks and figure out how to stay healthy and all that stuff and do it the right way. So it's mainly been just kind of me doing it um, for the last like two, three years now. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And let's get into owning a gym. So you started as like a partner when you were 21, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, I was working at the gym that I originally started going to, um, the couple that owned it, um, split and were looking to sell the gym. I obviously didn't have the capital to do that. Um, I got some really awesome investors and was able to kind of take that over at a really young age. And like we were saying in the beginning, like you're really young, you're happy, like you, you've studied a decent amount, but just not, you don't have the time to study as much as I have now. Um, and like your main goal is mainly just to keep people safe and, and move really well. And like, you're really just happy to like teach CrossFit every day. Mm-hmm. And the more you get into it, the more you realize that it's like, there's just so much to it. Right. So it's like just day to day of like, how to run a business, how to make people happy, how to do all that stuff is always just so crazy and interesting. And it yeah. just keeps it, keeps it fun. What's the one thing that uh, like people who don't own a business don't know about? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you get to make your own hours to an extent, but you're never off the clock. Yeah. Um, so like I can come to Westchester weightlifting on Tuesdays at 9am uh, once a week, right? And I can swim before it, before it but on this past Sunday, I'm at the gym at three o'clock in the afternoon, doing some stuff, cleaning up and making sure everything's all cool and answering emails and messages yeah. from members about what the upcoming week and like that stuff is kind of goes on notice, right? It's like kind of sexy on the outside, but it's like Saturdays and Sundays, you're still doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's just really not an off day unless you learn how to like unplug. And there are times where me and my girlfriend were shut our phones off for a few hours just to like hang out and like mm-hmm. get away from it. But with coaching people remotely online and doing all that stuff, I mean, I get home from the gym around seven thirty some nights, and then I start working with my online clients for two three hours, just yeah. trying to like get them all set up for their next day, or they had questions about their training that day. So it's like it's definitely interesting. Like it, it's sexy on the outside, but like you're really never off the clock. Yeah, Especially I think if you want to be successful. Yeah, and I think a lot of people think owning a business, you 
you know, you have freedom and you have, you can really do whatever you want. Like you're your own boss, but it's like, you have all this behind the scenes stuff yeah. that, that yeah. no one talks about really. And, it, and it's, it's cool because it's like a, it's like a real life video game, right? I mean, you're really just like plugging and playing with what works because there's really no set written way to run your business depending mm-hmm. on demographic and time and place of like where people are at, like in their life cycle of working out and fitness and nutrition. And you can't really push things on people, right? There's only so much you can tell them to do from the outside, right? Once they're in your gym and once they've seen you four or five hours a week, it's like, okay, I can control a little bit more. And I can really help these people, but getting people in the door and all that stuff and being creative with how we do that is definitely interesting, right? I mean, there's no really like set way to do it and you can kind of attest to that. I'm sure you see people walk in here all the time for the first time and they don't come back for a couple of months. And then yeah. Once they're here every day, it's easy. Mm-hmm. You can help them out. They're more likely to want to do nutrition. They're more likely to want to train more and learn how to get better. But from the outside, it's like, how do I find that guy that's walking around at Wawa to come into the gym? It's hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we were talking a little bit off air about you have like a baseline strength for your gym, which I think is really cool. I've never heard of anything like that, but yeah. but to do, and we're talking about doing CrossFit competitively, and now we're switching into this is CrossFit for health. This is yeah. our three to four days a week that yeah. we're working to play with our kids on the weekend or yeah. go hiking with our yeah. our girlfriend. Yeah, so... Um, I think that a lot of people got into CrossFit in like 2011, 2012, 2013 because they watched the CrossFit games on ESPN, mm-hmm. um, which is not wrong, right? <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a cool, really cool thing to take up. Um, but what it's really meant for is just for everybody to move well and live a longer and healthier life, right? So it's like um, one thing that I've learned as the years go on and as I've like come through different life cycles of training and all of that is um, when people walk into your gym, you have to be very honest with them. You can't promise them things you can't give them. Yeah. Right. And it's and the the misconception and I think a lot of CrossFit gyms don't do this the best way. And I'm not saying we have the perfect uh, method, but it's 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 putting people on a trajectory that in ten years you're still going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. This is not a two year fix. This is not a six month fix. This is not something you're going to lose thirty pounds in six months and then leave. Yeah. Right. Or get injured. Right. Uh, it's more of like, hey, this is a really slow game that we're playing right now. Right? We want to work on our nutrition habits. Right, We want to work on our fitness habits. We want to move better. We want to increase mobility. And we want to have goals. Right, We want to kind of put something on the calendar every quarter that like you're looking forward to. Even if it's that, that's like a day at the beach or like a family meeting that like keeps you locked into your nutrition or keeps you locked into coming to the gym. It's like I want to stay on that because that's how you kind of retain. And that's also how you make people happy in the long run. Right, They're always trying to strive to get to that next step. Do you think you lose members off the bat, though, when you have that conversation? Um, I, I, I do and I don't, yeah. Um, from the initial standpoint, I think some people are turned off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like when somebody walks into your gym and they've heard some really cool things about CrossFit or they, whatever it is, and they're like, okay, I want to try it. Like when they come in and they ask you questions and like your first talk with them is an hour long or 30 minutes and you're not working out and you're really just explaining how you do things in the gym and what to expect – and they're like, oh, this is way different than I thought, right? This is not what I saw on TV, right? <laughs> this is like, you're going to learn how to do an air squat. Yeah. We're not going to touch a barbell for the first two months you're in here, right? We're only going to use a PVC pipe and dumbbells and kettlebells. And like, I want you to move really well. So it's like, definitely get turned off initially. But the people that do come in and try it out, and like, I always say, like, you got to try it out for three or four days, right? Because CrossFit is so constantly varied that you might come in on like a 2K row test day. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I hate this. 
right? But then you might come in on a one rep max back squat day, and you're like, I also hate this, <laughs> right? So it's like seeing what what a week looks like, and seeing that it's so constantly varied and it's so different, and like wanting to learn new things and like not have a uh, a specific thing you're training for, just being generally fit for life mm-hmm. is something that's like keeps people right. So yes, to answer your question, it turns people off right away. The people mm-hmm. that want the quick fixes, but those aren't the people we want in the gym. Yeah, right. We want the people that are willing to take the the year or two years to learn how to squat and hinge and press correctly and learn how to do one strict pull up for the first time in their life at the age of forty five, right? And like all that stuff. Yeah. And then over time, we can learn how to do the cool stuff, right? Because doing the cool stuff is fun. But if you don't have the requisite strength to do it, risk of injury goes way up, mm-hmm. right? Which I think that's where a lot of gyms run into issues is you're trying to get people to do muscle-ups that really shouldn't be, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to get people to max out their squat clean that really shouldn't be maxing out their squat clean, right? So it's like building requisite strength and like benchmarks to do that is, is so important. And it just gives people a visual of like what they want to achieve and how they get there. And this is where I'm at kind of thing. I think asking people why is super important when you're when you're first starting out when you come in and you say someone like me might say I want to do 10, 10 muscle ups in a row. Yeah. And but why? Why do you want to do that? What's good, what what's going to make you healthier about that? Yeah. So I think just being that conversation must be cool to have, but do you think it's hard as well when you're like you're trying to be competitive and you're doing stuff that isn't per se healthy yeah and then they're like hey look at you you're doing you're working out four hours a day and then i'm not allowed to get off this uh box to do push-ups so that's an awesome question so it's like when i first started it was like a do as i say not as i do kind of thing right which is like really bad to lead by example Mm -hmm. (laughs) for leading by example um but then like you root down into the why like you said right it's like asking the why and it's like what is my why which like i want to make it to the crossfit games what is your why you want to be able to play with your kids when you're 80 yeah. for your grandkids when you're 80 years old, right? So it's like, all right, let's take a step back. What does that look like, right? I want to make the CrossFit Games in the next two or three years. You want to be able to do this stuff in a long period of time, right? So it's like, okay, let's go through our benchmark testing, right? How many strict pull-ups can you do? If we can't even do one, right? It's like, all right, we've got some work to do, yeah. right? Like, I'm putting a goal like 10 muscle-ups in a row is an awesome goal, right? Something that's like, hey, that might be two years down the road mm-hmm. or that might be down the road. We don't know how long yeah. down the road, right? But it's like, if you want to do that, it's like, well, why are we doing it? How do we do it? And then let's do it kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And like over time, yeah, we can achieve that goal, but there's also got to be other things, right? It's got to be, I want to, I want to move better. Right. I want to be strong enough to do 10 strict pulls with my whole body weight before I do 10 muscle ups. Right. It's like setting smaller goals on like how you get to that bigger mm-hmm. one. Right. So I think that's an interesting question. It's like, how do you, and I think I struggled with that in the beginning, which is like, goes back to the being honest with people thing. It's like, in the beginning, when somebody first started, they're like, hell yeah, let's do it. Like, let's get on like a gymnastics program right away. Yeah. Right? And then like, now you're like, all right, let's do that a couple times a week. Let's also learn how to squat. Let's also learn how to hinge. Let's also learn how to row. Let's also learn how to ski and bike and do all the other stuff. Because like, yes, that's cool, but we also want to learn how to do everything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, especially people who don't come, a lot of people go to CrossFit with no no background at all some people have never stepped in a gym yeah and it's you see the games you see yeah. people doing kettlebell deadlifts with 200 pounds <laughs> in each hand yeah and it's like do, do we need to do that right. no, that's wild. probably not right and that's where like the description of like when somebody walks in and they say that they've watched the games and that's why they become and it's like okay well that's a sport yeah right those people are getting paid to do that yeah. right they're now making a living doing that right those people don't have other jobs 
they're sleeping eight to 10 hours a night, they're eating perfectly, right? They're recovering really well on their off days, right? Their training is structured and peaking for that time of the year, right? And then let's step back and be like, are you willing to do that stuff? Yeah. <laughs> right? And it's like, if you've never worked out before, it's like, all right, you sleep five hours, you eat McDonald's <laughs> twice a week. It's like, all right, we got a long way to go, Yeah. right? And so it's like being honest with them from Jump Street on that is definitely interesting because I think we're getting to a point where people are starting to come in not because of the games, because of what they see their friends and family doing in the gym, which yeah. is cool, but you still occasionally get the person that's like, watch something on CBS Sports Network, and they're like, oh, that's sick, I want to do that. Yeah. And then like you talk to them about what those people do for a living and how they get there, and you're like, oh, well, that's why they can do that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I do think some gyms run into the issue of trying to make everybody into a competitive athlete, right? I don't really try and make anybody into a competitive athlete because I understand from a personal standpoint what goes into that, right? And I'm just on like the, like I would say I'm on the B level, right? I'm not on the A level of those guys yet, right? I'm trying to get there, yeah. but it takes so much time and so much recovery and so much just being on point with your food and sleep and everything. And if somebody's not willing to do that, it's just not safe. So it's like explaining to them why it's not safe is so important in the beginning stages, not six months down the road when they mm-hmm. have a shoulder injury or a knee injury because they've been trying to do muscle-ups every day. Yeah. Do you think there's anything that you're not doing personally as an athlete or something that that running the business prevents you from doing? So really good question. So yeah, I actually had this conversation with my girlfriend the other day, right? Um, and I think a lot of it just goes, there's not enough time in the day, right? So... I would say something like getting out and running long distances often, right? I run like twice a week, mm-hmm. but it's usually under a certain time frame because I just don't have the <laughs> two hours to get out and go warm up and prep and run, yeah. right? Or it's only swimming once a week instead of doing it twice a week, right? It's because like, I just don't have the time in the day with coaching classes and all that stuff. So I would say like the longer aerobic work would be like the only thing that I lack in right now training wise. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just mainly from a time perspective, right? And it's not that it's not a priority for me right now. It's just other things take priority over it. Yeah. Right. And I understand that if I do want to get to the next level, I do have to start to add that stuff in more and I'm slowly doing it, but I know that if I do too much too fast, it's just other, it's not th- sustainable. other areas are going to lack. So it's learning how to like fit it in. Right. It's like, I've been wanting to come up here and lift for a really long time, but it's like, figuring out how I can work it into my weekly schedule and Mm -hmm. eventually come up here twice a week. But right now, once a week is kind of all I can handle. Right. So it's like, I would say like the, the very upper echelons of like that aerobic work, the very upper echelons of like the strength work and technique work is like the only places I would say I lack from like a, a Metcon standpoint, which is just doing workouts. Right. I I got that down and and doing like the sprinting work and, and all that stuff. And like the base aerobic work, I have that just like the upper echelons like to get to that next level to be able to the first event of most weekends are a long aerobic test and, and not finishing 20th in that but finishing top 10 in it right because yeah. crossfit for sport is just about not being bad at anything you don't have to win anything yeah you just got to be top 10 in everything so it's not having that one thing that just i go there and i'm like afraid it pops up which would yeah. be like a 10k run kind of thing okay. over time because i just can't hold the paces that those guys can hold yeah because they've been doing it longer you know what I mean? yeah exactly do you think what about like sleep nutrition because i know that plays that plays such a big factor yeah so like coaching early morning classes getting up at like 4 a.m a couple days a week is tough um with sleep i try and get into bed by like nine o'clock um so like could i do better on sleep yes um but with what i'm given right now i sleep as much as i possibly can Mm -hmm. um and from a nutrition standpoint i'm pretty locked in 
yeah, yeah. got that down pat that's a pretty easy thing my girlfriend makes that really easy she's really good about it obviously your your significant other kind of controls the sleep and the the eating a lot right because yeah. it's like they want to go out to eat they want to do that stuff like my girlfriend and i we go out to eat once a week and that's kind of our thing otherwise we're cooking everything at our house we're weighing it we're measuring it we're making sure that we're on track so it's like doing that once a week isn't gonna kill us so we're pretty much on point with the nutrition yeah. for almost every single day every meal and then the sleep is as best i can make it right now it could always mm-hmm. be better so yeah i think it's good to acknowledge it though to say like these are my goals right now and yeah. and i'm gonna make sacrifices yeah there has to be sacrifices made right especially with like a significant other or like if kids come into the picture which i don't have any kids i don't plan on having any kids anytime <laughs> the next couple of years yeah right but um but your significant other controls so much right it's like making a relationship happy it's like Ben Bergeron talks about having different buckets, right? And like you have work, you have your relationship with your family, and then you have training, right? And it's like, so you start to fill up these other buckets and you, or you add another bucket, whether it be something else, right? Um, you definitely lack, right? So it's it's making sacrifices and being communicated with that person. It's just like, hey, this is what I want to do. It's not a long-term thing. I'm not going to be doing it in five, 10 years, but right now I have this goal and I'll really kick myself and in 10 years if I don't do it right now yeah um, it's kind of going all in on it not having any regrets it's not being able to look back and be like oh, I could have done more with that right and it's just like maximizing every single day from there on out and it's like okay cool I did what I could yeah I like that I'm t- I, I would think I'm more trying to find the balance so I want to be an international weightlifter I want to compete for Team USA right and that's my goal but it's awesome but like what do I do in between that is what I'm really trying to find the balance of. If if my relationship suffers and if I don't talk to my family or if I come into the gym and be a dickhead and wear my AirPods and don't laugh when people yeah. people make, make jokes or don't clap when people are hitting PRs, that's not worth it to me. Yeah. So will that goal probably take me longer to reach? Yes. Yeah. But to me, I've identified that as this is something I'm not going to sacrifice. So I think a lot, of, a lot more people need to sit down and say, these are the things that I'm okay giving up and these are the things I'm not. Yeah. So we have to make, we're constantly making a choice, but you, you personally always have that choice. Yeah, and I know I saw in your Instagram bio, you have the anything worth doing is overdoing. Yeah. It's also tattooed on my ribs. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I used to be more of that mindset and yeah. now, now I'm shifting. Yeah. But if you're trying to be the best at anything, there is a point where, Yes, you're gonna sacrifice. You're gonna have to do things for yourself. You're gonna, yeah. you're gonna choose to eat at home instead of going out with your friends yeah. on Friday, Saturday yeah. night. You gotta sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Evan. Hi guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so like it's it's more about like being selfish, right? Like, yeah. Um, like me and you are very similar in the sense that you're setting goals that almost scare you. For sure. Right? Like your goals are like scary to say out loud to people, especially mm-hmm. to say out loud to people in the sport. Right? So like for you to talk to somebody in the weightlifting community at a competition and say, Yeah, I wanna be an international weightlifter, it's like, okay, it's cool, right? And like how I look at it, like for me is like, okay, I see somebody at like one of these sanctioned events and like I say, like, yeah, I wanna go to the CrossFit games and like then you like think back to like, okay, like two years ago where was I? Right? It's yeah. like what is the progress I made in two years, right? And then the non-negotiables about being selfish is like 
yes, like your friends will accept you. And if they're not, they're not your real friends. Yeah. Right? I learned that because I stopped drinking when I was 21, right? I mm-hmm. stopped going out, stopped partying. That's like when everybody starts to do awesome <laughs> stuff, right? Because I wanted to be competitive in CrossFit. And then I got two years in and I wasn't even good yet. And I was like, wow, did I just waste like the most fun years of my life trying to like bang my head in the wall, being competitive. And like, yeah. I think this summer I had like a, like a realization, like I was, we moved into a new spot with the gym. I wasn't training that much. Um, I did do those things. I did go out with my friends and all that. And I was like, oh, I'm not missing anything. And then the open comes around and I get crushed, right? And I'm like, yeah. wow, like this is a terrible feeling. And I, I did make that jump. I did become very competitive in a, in a, in a three year period. And then I took that little time off and like getting back into it now is like, it, it's just going to be worth it for me in the end, right? Yeah. Whether I make it or not, I can at least say that I, I went after it, right? And like you're saying, like with training, like it's hard when you're in your gym because um, I didn't start training with Majesta until recently. I had uh, a training partner in the beginning who moved, uh, she moved to Hawaii um, and then I would come up here two or three times a week because I was training by myself to train with Paige up at CrossFit Explode. Mm-hmm. Um, but like most of the work was done by myself in my gym yeah. alone right that's like when it happened and like that was like waking up an extra half hour early to go in before the 5 a.m class and row a 5k every day and that was like getting out of my gym so i didn't have to talk to people and going other places and training for two hours and like just not being a coach just talk like not talking to anyone just like getting after it like that's where the progress was made for me and like when i step back and i see that it's like yeah it'll be worth it in the end right and like you don't have to be a dick you don't be an asshole about it like when you're in your space you're a coach like that's that was my thing. Like I never wanted the members to see me work out. Yeah. Right. Like I always wanted them to see me as a coach. So like whenever I was in the gym with them, anybody that came to my gym, I was their coach. Yeah. Right. I always tried to get my training done by myself alone when nobody was there because I didn't want them to see what that looks like. Cause it's not fun. It's not yeah. sexy. It's not pretty. It's really uncomfortable. I'm probably not going to be very nice. <laughs> Right. It's just like, it's just something like has to get done and you have to have that mindset going into every day of training or else you're never going to get better. Yeah. Now you can make small jumps, but you're never going to be on the level of those people that are there. Right. We talk about reverse engineering your life to get where you want to be. And it's like, where are the people at where I want to be? What are the, what does their day to day look like? Yeah. How are they there? Right. And like, how do they get there? Cause everybody starts like we start our day right for you it's like you start with crossfit you fell in love with weightlifting you're like all right cool i'm gonna start weightlifting at a gym now full time five days a week six days a week and then it just gets more and more and more right so it's like that's how most people do it and for me it was like i was training for an hour and a half and then i would start to throw a second session in and then you're like doing an aerobic session you're doing like an hour and a half session and then you're doing something else at night Mm-hmm. And like now it's just like, yeah, like that's what it takes. And I know I can do it. Yeah. So it's like just being okay with that and like putting the work in and just seeing where the chips fall at the end of the day is will be cool. will be fun. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Well, I feel like we could definitely run this back and yeah. I feel like I could talk to you for a long time. So Absolutely, I'd man. love to do this again, but I just appreciate your time. Of course, man. Let's just appreciate go, you having me on. Yeah, let's just go train now. Yeah, absolutely. Again, thanks to Max for coming on the show. It was a blast to have that conversation. I definitely want to have him back on in the future. I feel like we could talk about a bunch of different topics, whether it's CrossFit, health, competing, just life in general. Uh, There's definitely going to be another chance for us to do that again. One of the things that I suck at doing at the end of interviews is asking people where we can find them. 
So if you want to follow Max, you can follow him on Instagram at MaxCutler19, and that's M-A-X-K-U-T-L-E-R 19 on Instagram. I will link that in the show notes. I will also link to the Instagram of his gym, Thrive Athletics. You can follow him there if you want to go to his location. He's located in Delaware. So you can DM him if you need to go to his gym or anything like that, if you just want to connect with him on social media. He's very responsive to messages. Uh, Same here. Follow me at Angelo underscore Kelly one. And then you can also follow the podcast page at Better Than Yesterday Pod. I always link that in the description. And just a few ways you can support the show. I feel like I hate doing this, but I kind of have to just give some plugs. So if you are a weightlifter, if you do CrossFit, if you do powerlifting, just any fitness in general, if you have wrist pain, even if you don't have wrist pain, if you just want to protect your wrist, go to richmondweightlifting.com, use the code BTY10 and pick up a pair of leather wrist wraps. They're a big investment. They're going to be a little bit more than your average wrist wrap, but they're going to provide so much more support. They're going to just save you from injury, save you from any wrist pain that you have. So go there again, richandweightlifting.com, use code BTY10. And then, yeah, just keep following me on social media. Make sure to give the podcast a five-star rating on the Apple Podcast app. Give it a review. I have two reviews so far. Thank you to the two people who did leave reviews. If you guys could just leave a couple lines, what you like about the show, what I can improve, any suggestions you have, I would love to hear from you guys. I really want to keep this interactive and as I continue to grow, just hear from you guys and and just make this show the best I possibly can. So I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks again for tuning in.